Hello, hello, hello. I am yours truly, Mr. Poet Jahogany, and guess what? I got some more food for you. Welcome back to the table. Let's feast. Thank you to everybody who's checking in to this Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast from across the world. Um, Thank everybody for your support for the first two episodes. We're on episode number three right now, and I feel like we're doing something that's groundbreaking. And I know I can't do it without all of you guys' support. Thank you for everybody who's telling a friend to tell a friend about everything that I do thus far. And um, may the food for thought that you get today be nourishment to your soul. I appreciate you guys for checking in with me once again. I have a few things that I want to talk about today. But well, first things first, I want to tell you guys to uh, continue to spread the message, continue to spread the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. I'm a one man band at the moment right now. Well, of course, I have a team. But when it comes to communication, when it comes to spreading the word, I can always use more help with that because word of mouth is the best form of advertisement. So if you guys could just do me a favor and um, and, and hit the hashtags up on your social medias, hit, hit, hit your tongue up <laughs> in real life, like uh, let's spread the word to everybody that you you don't get all the nourishment to yourself. Spread the wealth. You know what I mean? That's where we're at right now. So continue to tell people about Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. Tell them to tune in. Tell them to check in every Sunday at 10 o'clock. Because right out the power. I mean, I, I'm, 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 being a little, I'm being a little unselfish. I would put it at 9 o'clock just to see where I am. But I probably won't get no plays. That's just to be honest. <laughs> I probably won't get no plays on the podcast around 9 o'clock. Because everybody watching the stars. You know, watching power on stars. Everybody watching the stars. So I probably won't get no plays. But when you're down from the power high. <laughs> you can check in. You can uh, initiate your app. And check into the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. At least that I hope that'll help you out a, lot, a little bit more. Whatever little drama that's going on on the show or whatever like that. Hopefully, this right here will detox you from all the stuff that you just went through watching Power. But anyways, thank you guys for checking in once again. But first things first, what I want to do is I want to talk about this topic that's been on my mind this past week. And um and, and I've been I've been hearing this my whole life. Like, and I'm pretty sure it's a lot of young black families and a lot of young black boys and girls. And not just I'm not just black, but um, any other race that you are. I'm pretty sure if you can relate, you you can relate to what I'm about to talk about. But um, I just want to say black because I think we get it the most as far as like being young and um and, 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 and being scared and being petrified of some of these things. And, and I'm going to touch on it and stuff. I just got to set the stage for it. But um, but uh, I want to talk about young black kids being scared out of uh, at the fact that their parents are threatening them to leave their house at an early age i want to talk about that a little bit i want to dive into that because it hits home because i've been hearing that my whole life pretty much like i don't understand why in other cultures kids can live with their parents as long as they want but in black families it's 18 if you're lucky enough to make it to 18, depending on your circumstances, if you're lucky enough, I can't count how many times when I was growing up, my mother told me like, and, and, and my mother don't told me some great things. Don't get me wrong. You guys don't heard about that in episodes in the past, but everything wasn't all good and dandy. There's been some things to where I actually had to still to this day, I had to check her on and I have to ask questions on why she instilled that in my mind. But basically she was going 
on things that was instilled in her like so basically it was a repetitive thing a generational thing that she was passing along that she didn't know that she was doing something right or doing something wrong but i want to touch a little bit more on it because i don't hear nobody talking about this in the culture especially in black culture i don't hear nobody talking about it so and i think this this some this needs to be highlighted because I don't want little black boys and little black girls or or people from other cultures and stuff like that to grow up feeling that feeling like they have to be scared to get it together before they reach the age of 18. And I don't understand why in black cultures and black families, I only say black cultures and black families because it's more prominent there. I'm not sure about other cultures. Feel free to educate me on other cultures and stuff like that that I may not know about and the rules and stuff that you guys may have to deal with because I don't understand I have listeners from all different type of demographics of race and stuff like that so feel free to educate me on some things like throughout the week through the message of the week like flood the inbox with all the all the answers that you may have and and educate me on some of these things but i'm only able to speak from my experience and things that i've actually been through when i was a young boy and stuff like that and my sisters and 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 other people and stuff like that of my that share the same ethnicity as me but i kind of want to talk a little bit about why do they do that right because I had a friend, right? When I used to, I used to work at Walmart back in the, um, back a few years ago. And, um, I had an Asian friend, like me and her, we used to chill every time on breaks and stuff like that. Every time I used to go on breaks, I was the cart boy. I used to go out there and get the carts and I used to keep the cart stock for the customers and stuff like that. And I was a store associate, but on some days I used to do the carts in the parking lot. And some days I used to, uh, they used to want me to stock the shelves and help the people out. So, um, I did that a few years ago. And I used to, I, and I created, and I got this friendship with this Asian girl who was, um, who was like the one of the um, nail technicians and stuff like that, or whatever like that. And um, honestly, um, we we created a good friendship, and she would just tell me stories of uh, certain things that um, her household and her parents would allow them, her and her brothers and stuff like that to do, and or before they were actually able to leave the house and stuff like that. And I compared it to my situation and and i'm not sure if i'm the only one that shared the same similarity but i think it's kind of like widespread throughout the black culture and stuff that's why i wanted to talk about it today but in her culture they are not allowed to leave their house like listen to me closely that she told me they're not allowed to leave their house they don't care how grown they are they're not allowed to leave their house until they can prove to their mom and dad or grandma grandfather whoever has the business if they, until they can prove to them that they're actually able to efficiently run the business and make money for the next generation, like for their children or whatever like that. They can't move out of their house. They have to prove if they want to leave the nest, they have to prove to their mom and dad that they're actually able to um, refertilize the nest, keep replanting the nest before they're actually able to leave. And then once they prove that to them and they're actually proved that they're able to efficiently run a business, run the business that their mom or dad or grandma and grandpa has left for them. That's why they started in an early age. And I know and I'm pretty sure that a lot of people go to these different different stores, whether it's Chinese, whether it's uh, other cultures and stuff like that. I can't name them all right now, but I'm pretty sure we go to these different stores and we see a lot of young people. We see a lot of young people that maybe I know the Chinese store that I go to seldomly uh, to get some Chinese food. It's teenagers that's taking my orders and it's teenagers that's actually uh, making the food and stuff in the back. I mean, it's parents back there, too, but some of them sometimes they be in the office. But um, but it's teenagers actually out there who's actually 
making the meals for the customers and stuff like that, like 15, 16 years old. And I actually know one of the guys who act at the store that I go to because he likes the way that I dress and stuff like that. And it's, you know, I'm abstract. If people who know me personally, they know who I am. And even on social media, they know how I dress and stuff like that. Like it's no secret. So he always compliments me on what I'm wearing and stuff before he takes my order. And then I guess it catches his eye or whatever, like that young teenager boy and stuff like that. But I come to notice that he's young. And, and his parents are equipped in him, him and his sister, obviously, but his parents are equipped in them at a young age to let them know how to efficiently run this business before they're actually able to leave. I guess that's why I guess it's the whole 18 thing with them, too, because but that's why they teach him so early. And I kind of want to know, like, um, why do they do that and why don't we implement that within our culture and i know that's a a long conversation because we're not given the same resources in a way like that but sometimes to be honest with you this is my own personal opinion i feel i I feel like we have a lot of cop-outs like us is black we have a lot of cop-outs like we, we 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 like to use cop outs and we like to make up excuses for a lot of things that we're not able to have compared to other cultures of people and and i don't like that and don't get me wrong, I know the circumstances that we come from. I know that some of the things, I know some of it is bad. I know it's a lot of, uh, in the hood, you get, you get shot at and all this other stuff. Trust me, I know this stuff. I mean, it never happened to me personally. I had some bad things happen, but not to that level. But, so I'm not trying to say that I'm not sympathetic to the stuff that's going on in the hood and stuff like that. But, at the same time, when are we going to take accountability for our own actions and our decision making? That's what I want to know. Like, that's what I want to know. Like, I want us to take accountability for some of the stuff we're doing. And I'm not even making this exclusive to black people. If you find yourself related to what I'm saying right now and you feel like you're able to relate to this, when are we going to start taking accountability for our own decision making? The people that we choose to immerse ourselves around, hang around, the, the decisions that those people make, being subjected to peer pressure. That's all different levels of peer pressure. And, I'm, and I feel like as a child, when you're in your uh, adolescent stage, prime your adolescent stages, that's when it's at its highest to, to me because you're still a part of me. Because I still feel like you're learning. I still feel like there's a lot of things that you need to cope with. And it's a lot of things. That's when the mentorship and the mothering and the fathering and um, or, or you, or whatever guardian that you have. I feel like that is at its highest peak. And you really need to learn a lot of stuff. And I understand a lot of teenagers are rebellious and they want to get out and do their own thing. It's tired of being under their parents' thumb or grandfather's thumb, grandmother's thumb or whatever. The, whoever their guardian is. And they want to go out and do their own thing depending on their circumstances. But at the same time. I feel like we need to be a little bit more receptive as parents and as guardians to teach these kids because they need us. And it's a lot of things that's going on out here in society that they don't have an answer for. And I don't even and I'm not even sure if we have an answer for it, but we need to be learning together. Like me, one thing that I made a vow to as a father, uh, due to the fact that I had my son young, my son was born when I was young, 18, 19 years old. My son was born when I was young. I made a vow to myself. I know that I had a child young, but I'm going to I'm going to make this process the best that I can possibly make it with any resource that I have, even if I'm my own resource, even if I am uh, producing my own producing things that I produce on my own. I'm going to try to make it as best as possible. And I'm going to I'm raising myself while raising a child. You know what I'm saying? 
help me raise you like but basically communicating with my son basically letting him know some of the things that he needs to get ready for before the world swallows him alive because they're coming for him i tell him, i have conversations with this like this with my son all the time I, of course i don't post it a lot because some things need to be confidential and i don't put everything on social media i know i'm on there a lot but i don't put everything out there like i feel like some things are sacred and i feel like some things need to be in the vault between me and him because only i only want him to understand certain things and stuff like that and i feel like in the culture today in the black culture especially exclusively in black culture i feel like we don't have these conversations i know we come from a lot of broken homes we come from a lot of single mother households and stuff like that but if you are one of the individuals man or female young man or young woman if you are one of the lucky ones that actually have some mentorship that actually have people that's actually willing to instill in you as far as knowledge and and want to know your whereabouts and stuff like that don't abuse that like like get as much knowledge from these individuals as possible get as much as you can from these people because you are about to enter into a world where the games are not the, the rules are not played fair honestly the rules are not played fair it's not played fair so you have to roll up your sleeves and you have to get ready for this stuff and if you and if you get this information from these people drill them and if you don't have these people in your corner guess what you have guess what you have i want you to think about it for two seconds guess what you have young sir young woman guess what you have you have a smartphone everybody has one and if you don't have a smartphone you still got a library you better still go and soak up the information while the libraries are still open soak it up you got this free wi-fi everywhere you go everywhere with your friends and stuff like that it's time to start utilizing some of this stuff that we have out here at our disposal and we're not using it we're coming up with excuses and i'm sick of it i don't want us to keep coming up with excuses on things that uh, uh other people taking advantage of us when it initially it starts with us taking advantage of us like granted there are a lot of young people that still it's under their mom or their dad's thumb. They have a lot of rules that they have to abide by. I understand that. I'm not going against no types of parenting because I'm a parent. But at the same time, if you are giving a cleft of an area to where you're actually able to implement something that you want to do and something that, uh, something that you want to say, then do it. Then do it. Like you're on social media all day. Use some of this social media time to actually better yourself. With something that you want if you don't have this information if you don't have a lot of these things that other cultures have and you want to put yourself in the position to where you want to play the blame game a game that's already overcrowded where everybody is playing you already entered inside a game where everybody's playing the blame game it's time to stop entering inside the blame game the rules are not fair the rules are not fair and it go and it goes around everywhere it's universal that means you don't have you can you're not isolated in no way you don't separate yourself because guess what everybody's playing the same game so it's time to stop playing the blame game and take accountability for one that's the start take accountability for the things that you have at your disposal and the things that you're not doing so and i feel like us as a people as black people and i didn't want to make this this type of conversation but I felt like it's kind of going to get that way because I feel like us, we like to blame people too much. And we don't like to look at that man or that woman in the mirror and take accountability for the decisions we make and uh, the, the, the people we are allowing ourselves to be around. And then and that causes us to be peer pressured into making dumb decisions and making decisions that we don't feel at a young age we're going to actually reap the benefits of. 
or the ramifications of all the consequences and things of that nature of the decision that we're making right now. Why? Because we may not have the coaching. We may not have the mentorship from the people that, that was supposed to give us game and stuff like that. And another, and another thing real quick, I want to touch on this. Like I said, I said it a little bit earlier, but if you are a young man, young woman, you're still in school, you're out there doing your thing. That's cool. Get your learn on. Get educated, young man, young woman. Get, get, go get educated. But if you are one of the lucky ones that have these resources and you're rebellious towards it and you're not actually taking in these jewels that people are giving to you, you're not actually letting this village feed you. Like, and you're not the only one, but you're actually out there. You want to get turned up. You know, the little say the sayings that a lot of young people, uh, a lot of young people say you want to get turned up. You want to get lit and you want That's a time and a place for all that. I'm not going to cut out your fun. It's a time and a place for that. But right now, what you need to be doing is learning because guess what? When you enter into the big boy world, <laughs> you got to put on your big boy draws. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a doggy dog world out here. And you need to make yourself, you need to isolate yourself from that world and set yourself apart. That's why I feel like a lot of young people in this world, they have a hard time because they're so concerned with wanting to turn up and be entertained by all these different things that's happening to them in school, which is cool, depending on your situation. But they don't prepare themselves for what they're about to get themselves into. It's not just about college. I understand college. I understand furthering your education. I understand it. But what are you investing inside of yourself? I'm not talking about a profession. What if you are? What are you? Who are you outside of money? Who are you outside of money? If I took all your money away, if you come from a silver spoon background or I, I know this probably doesn't relate to people who from the hood and from poverty stricken situations like myself. I know you probably guys probably can't relate to this. But if I took uh, if I took your money away, I took your resources away. Who are you? Can you tell me? Now, don't, don't mention no dang on degrees. Don't mention nothing. Don't mention nothing that you came with. Don't mention no type of leverage that you could possibly have in your corner. Don't mention no slashes behind your name. I'm just interested in wanting to know your name. First, last name is optional, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in wanting to know your name and what you bring to the table. What do you bring to the table? Besides these slack, oh, this is what I went to school for. This is what, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That adds to your name. But who are you with these things not added to your name? What can you tell me about yourself? What do you like about yourself? What do you dislike about yourself? How much time do you spend with yourself in order to get better at some of the things that you lack? Some of the things that you're weak at. What do you do? Who are you? Who are you? First of all, not the slashes. That's what you do. Who are you? Who are you? And if you have these resources, young men, young women, stop, stop being rebellious towards authority. Stop being a bit rebellious towards authority. Like the authority is going to be out there. If you're rebellious towards your mom or your dad or whoever guardian is taking care of you in that moment, if you're rebellious towards that, then guess what? You ain't going to be rebellious towards a lot of other things that's going to come into play in your future. Hypothetically speaking, let's just say you you out there and you making bonehead decisions out there and you get locked up for it. You think you're still going to be rebellious towards the law once you're inside of a cell? No, you're going to listen to somebody. So why you have it? Why you have it at a point to where you can actually control somewhat of your identity and you have people surrounded around you who actually care about you? Use it. Use it. It belongs to you. 
use it soak it up you not only have that you don't not only have a village of people who's actually caring about you you actually have a smartphone as well so you actually double you're actually doing better than a lot of people you you have people who's physically there for you pouring information inside of you and you have a smartphone to pour inside yourself so because a lot of times a lot of things that people tell us doesn't really coincide with who we are i'm and i'm one of the the poster childs for that if you watch me on a regular basis if you watch me on a regular basis i'm one of the um, poster childs for that like and I'm, i don't mention it in past episodes if you've been with me from the beginning on the let's feast food for thought podcast if you have been with me from the beginning you kind of know that i was a different individual um my mom and my aunt when i went to go live with my aunt a little later um when i was in my teenager phase they, 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 the only thing they knew what to do with me was to create an environment for me to, to sleep at. But they didn't know how to talk to me and communicate with me because they didn't understand me. And actually, I didn't even think I understood myself as much because I was still learning and I was still trying to see where I stood in society. Like, you know, at that age, you're trying to see um, how relatable that you are with your peers, the, your friends and people that you are around the most. How relatable that you are. So I knew that in that fact that um, in that position, my mother or my aunt, they couldn't. They a lot of things that they was trying to do. They taught me how to be grounded as far as being a man, like well, from from a female's perspective. They taught me how to be grounded as a man. And um, the things that I should do and things that I shouldn't do, what men do, what men don't do. And all this like basically bringing me up as a gentleman. You know what I mean? Like treat women with respect and all this other stuff like that. And when I found out some of that stuff went out the window, like in society, of course, I still have a lot of those morals and stuff instilled inside of me. And there's some things that I'm not going to break. But a lot of the stuff that they taught me doesn't it's not really relevant. You know what I mean? But that's another conversation for another day. But if you ha- if you have these individuals that's teaching you stuff and you don't just agree with it. Uh, go to your smartphone um, and look up some stuff and, and and think about some things. Look up some YouTube videos and stuff of people that may be going around there um, that, that may be out there doing going through the same things that you're going through. It's, it's, it's other resources out there. It's resources out there. And if you're just and you're one of these people and you're not utilizing then then I don't understand how I should feel sorry for you. Like in a way, you know what I mean? Like I just want us as a people mainly talking to black people in this moment mainly talking to the culture because i feel like we use way too many excuses on why and it it basically ricochets and it basically is a domino effect on our children and our offspring that we bring up after us because that old lazy mindset of blaming other people you think your son and your daughter is not looking at you like how, how submissive you are and within your own creativity i'm not talking about other people's rules and stuff i'm talking about just with you period I'm talking about with just you and I'm, I know I'm a little bit off topic and stuff like that, but I got, I started thinking of other stuff in this moment and I wanted to get this stuff off in this moment. So I'm going to get to the, the meat and potatoes of what I'm really trying to say, but with just who you are, man, woman, whoever the parent is of these children that's coming up after you, you think your mother and your, I mean, your, your daughter and your son is not looking at what you do. They're looking at you. They're looking at you. They're following. They're taking mental notes. They may not even know how to write yet. But guess what? They taking no mental notes. Have you ever been in a position as a I'm talking to the have you ever been in a position where um, you remember something that your mother or your father, or grandma, or grandpa 
did to you or said to you when you were young and you still remember it now that you're 35, 45 or whatever like that. Think about that same scenario with your children. It's like we we, we, we second guess our children because we're the parents now and our children are, are, are younger than us. It's like we don't take them. We, we, we don't give them as much credit as they deserve. You know what I'm saying? But that's another conversation for another day. So I want to understand why don't we teach this? Don't why, why do we instill this level of fear inside of our children when we're growing up? Like growing up when you 18, like I, I was so I was so like you have to understand when I was 13, 14 years old, when I was hearing that, okay, when you turn 18, you're getting the hell out my house. You know how much fear that put inside my body? And I'm still in school trying to figure it all out. I'm still in school trying to figure it out. I don't know what it's like to balance a checkbook. I don't know what it's like to have my own money. I didn't have a job. I don't know what it's like. I was petrified. I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. I'm dealing with girls. You know what I'm saying? All this different type of stuff like young kid stuff. I'm dealing with all this stuff. Not dealing with the real stuff that's going to that's gonna exist in my life as soon as I graduate. If I'm one of the lucky ones to graduate. Think about all this stuff. And then when you come home, your mom or your dad telling you, okay, you're getting out of my house when I'm, you're 18 years old. You ain't got nothing figured out. They're not instilling nothing in you as far as how to balance your life out. They're giving you rules and, and chores and stuff, but they ain't telling you what to do and how you're going to maneuver into the real world when you actually are, is able to do it, when you're actually old enough to do it. So I grew up thinking that 18 was the cutoff time for me to get my life together. I grew up thinking that. That's real. You can call that a little bit of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder a little bit because that was a, a lot of something that I had in my subconscious. And I was always thinking of that in the back of my mind. So when I turned 14, 15 years old, I'm like, uh-oh, I'm three years away. I got to hurry up and get it together. Still in school, though. Still in school. Ain't really making no moves on the outside world. Don't really know what's going on. So when I actually got out there, when I turned 18... And, and, and granted, I did move out when I was 18. I ended up coming back a little few years later, but that's another story for another day. I Granted, I did move out, but when I moved out, I was like a chicken with my head cut off. I didn't know what to do. Me and my cousin moved in together. We were roommates, and we was there because we both was graduating at the same time. We moved in together or whatever. We moved in with another family member or whatever because we all was single, and, and, and we was out, out there doing our thing and stuff like that. Young men, we were just chilling. But we didn't have no idea about life. We didn't know how to balance no credit. We didn't know how to do with money. We went and got nine to fives, which is cool. We've got a little leverage, but we made a lot of mistakes. Me personally, went out there, got a woman pregnant with the greatest gift I ever received to this day. Let me mention that, of course. But the timing of everything could have been a little bit better. But I can't really regret it because it made me the man that I am today. But if I can go back and do it again, I would just at least change the timing of it. But growing up thinking that I was going to have to get out and do something with myself before I even knew who I was handicapped me a little bit. It handicapped me. I didn't know what to do. I was forced. I felt like subconsciously I was forced to go out there before I was ready. And when I moved out, and move back in a little later, I wanted to get that nourishment back. And I wanted to see if I could get some of those jewels from some of those people that was going to be able to teach me. So I hit my head a few times. But us as parents, 
if you do this, here's the here's the breaking point of everything that I'm trying to say in a nutshell. Us as parents, if you do this, mother, father, anybody, and I'm working on myself too. If we do this, we have to stop instilling that inferiority mind complex within our children. Let them grow. I understand the situation we come from. That's called a generational curse. We have to understand where we come from and understand what we're not going to allow to trickulate until the next generation. We carry on a lot of curses. We carry it on. And we don't even know consciously. We don't even know we're doing anything wrong until we see the finished product of the monster that we created, which may be our children. And we don't know how to handle them because it's a domino effect because you you giving it to them in increments. I say this all the time. Increments is a better experiment. You're giving it to them in increments and age by age, the more they get older, the more they get older and wiser and start to come in contact with this life more with their generation. They're thinking of a lot of things that they're doing in their generation on top of the things you've instilled inside of them. So in the in, with the finished product, when they become a grown man or a grown woman, they are now, I ain't going to say a monster, but they're a residual effect of what you created. And a lot of times it's not like what we it's not like it's not what we're pleased with. So we have to take first of all, we have to take responsibility for the words that we're instilling inside of our children. Especially when it comes to the you getting out my house when you turn 18. No, maybe that child still needs to grow. Maybe that child is still a little immature. Maybe that child don't know how to balance a checkbook yet. Maybe that child don't know how to handle no credit. Oh, they never heard of no credit. Maybe that child don't even know how to uh, survive in the in the real world yet. Maybe your child needs a little bit more help. Maybe you're now. There's some children out there that that's that's far more advanced than others. I get that part. But maybe you're maybe there's some children out there that needs a little bit more assistance. So what I'm asking us as parents is stop being so forthcoming when it comes to instilling inferiority mind complexes within our children. Stop doing it because we're, de- we're, we're, we're demolishing them when we're supposed to be constructing them in a way. We're supposed to be constructing them for be- to be better men and better women within today's society because they're going to deal with a lot of demons and stuff that they have to come in contact with that we can't the advice that we don't have the right to right advice for because we never dealt with it. Understand what you're setting your child up for. So first things first, stop telling them. To, to they gotta move out when he turned 18 and I don't want nobody to run away with this stuff saying if your, ch- if your child is a lazy bum and they don't like to do no work of course of course then do what you gotta do to take precautionary measures to get some type of enforcement done but if we're talking about kids that don't ha- don't really have it figured out but want to know how to do it and how to figure themselves out stop instilling that stuff in them when they're 11 12 years old probably younger than that seven eight nine years old kids are far I don't know if you notice parents but kids are far more advanced than the um are far more advanced back than when we was growing up they have a lot more exposure to a lot of technology so they're run they're learning at a rapid rate they're learning so fast so they're a lot more smarter than us so you think they're not going to consume the information that you're telling them at a at a fast pace especially if you're going to keep consistently saying it you're getting out of my house when you turn 18 so you might as well get it figured out you know how scary that is? You know how scared I was when my mom would tell me that? And I, and I, and I know she didn't mean to say it to, 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 to belittle me, but that's just something that she was raised on. Something that probably was told to her. So she unconsciously said that to me 
And I grabbed onto it. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get this figured out. Went to live with my aunt, told me, said, y'all here, y'all turn 18, y'all getting up out of here. But what if I don't got it figured out? What if I want to figure it out? And all the cultures, they don't do that to their children. They don't, they could be grown. If they don't have it figured out, they're not going nowhere. Until you prove to me you got this figured out. Lucky for them, they start really, really, really young. And I hate to compare cultures. But since we're going to compare cultures when it comes to fashion and everything else, why not compare it when it comes to learning and getting better? How about that? How about that? Since we're going to compare it to everything else, let's compare it about something that's going to actually build our minds and be better people. How about that? So if they start really, really young with teaching their children how to balance checkbooks and how to run businesses and open businesses and stuff like that and handle the business after they're dead and gone, why can't we do the same thing? And I know everything starts in increments. I'm not saying go cold turkey and go out there and make some dang old stupid decisions, but at least try. Go out there and do it. What's holding you back? Stop, stop instilling those mind complexes in your children. Your children is your future. After you're out of here, guess who's going to be here? Them. Leave that legacy behind. And it starts with your words. It starts with things. Even if you don't have a lot of money, if you come from poverty stricken situations. If you don't have money as your leverage, you know what you have as your leverage? Your words. The love that you're able to instill inside your children. And I know I'm getting a little bit redundant with what I'm saying right now, but I feel like somebody needs to hear this. So I'm going to keep going until I feel like I'm wiped out. So people, we got to get better. I'm mainly talking to black people, mainly talking to my people, because we always comparing races and we always doing that, which is cool. But when it comes to learning and stuff like that, we don't want to take accountability for the stuff we setting ourselves up for. I'm sick of the excuses. Let's get out here and make the work happen. If we have some time, instead of making time to be on Instagram and all these other websites, make some time and stop instilling these complexes in your children and let them grow up without hindrances. They're going to have hindrances regardless, but the hindrances that you give them that didn't deserve to be there, you adding tax on top of something that was already bad when it was free. It was already bad when it was free. Like when you when somebody come and deliver some 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 words to you that you don't like, that you don't like, that's that's free bad advice, and let's just imagine that you um that person don't told somebody else, told somebody else, told somebody else. So now that's the text. First of all, it was already bad when it was just came from this one person. And this one person belittled me. Now that person told somebody else, told somebody else, told somebody else. So everywhere I go, I'm hearing the same thing. That's the tax on it. Stop putting tax on stuff that was already bad when it was free. And that's the word you give to your kids. It was already bad that you had to tell them that they got to live up to something and they got to grow up and they got to go into this world. It's already bad that way. You putting tax on it by saying they got to get out when they turn 18 and they're not ready to be out there. If they're ready, then let them go. You don't have to hold on. But if you feel like as a parent, as a, as a mother, as a father, as a grandmother, as a grandfather, if you feel like they're not ready, stop rushing them. Especially if you know they have potential to do great things. It's time for us to take accountability. 
Okay, guys, I think I'm done with this segment. <laughs> excuse the passion. No, you know what? Ain't no excuse to passion. I meant everything that I said. I meant everything I said. You know what I mean? I'm unapologetic about what I said because I felt it in this moment. And I felt like somebody needed to hear it. But I'm not going to make this redundant any longer. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I got the serious joke for the, for the day, guys. <laughs> Just to kind of like break it out so I can see I could break some of this up. But in the meantime, you're going to hear a word from my sponsor. One second. I'll be right back. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. You know what time it is. It's time for a serious joke. I know the last segment, it was a little bit more daunting on you. It was a little bit more serious and stuff like that. But I like to break the ice a little bit with a little bit of comedy, with a little bit of jokes here and there. So it's time for a serious joke. Let's get straight to it. So, you know, I went to pick my son up from school one day, right? And and my son has friends, right? So my, uh, my son's friends was walking him down one day. And, you know, your kids, they talk about you from time to time and shit like that. Don't know what the fuck they telling these other kids. But your kids are talking about you and shit. So if you didn't think that your kids talk about you when you were, when you're in school, the motherfuckers talking about you. Probably saying some shit that you don't want them to say. But anyways, so the little boy walking down with my son. I guess that's his friend or whatever. They walking down together and shit like that. So he had asked me, he said, are basically are you your son's father <laughs> i'm pretty sure my son and i i don't know what the fuck my son i told him whether i'm his brother because i got we got the ba- i got the baby face thing going on so i don't know what the fuck my son telling him so he asked me was i his son's father i'm like yeah so i had my chain around my neck right so the little kid you know how kids are just basically direct they don't give a fuck what they say they they don't care they don't know what they saying is a mistake until they actually say it so i'm wearing my chain around my neck i think i'm doing a little something you know what i mean uh a little blingage you know what i'm saying a little slight blingage ain't much i ain't got that much money or nothing like that but just a slight blingage i'm feeling myself in this moment so the kid come out and say you know your chain is fake i'm like what I wish I could make this up. I can't do it, man. I promise. I'm trying. But the kids say, your chain is fake. I say, what? So in the back of my mind, I'm like, first of all, motherfucker, you're way too young to be having a grown observation. That's for your fucking mama and your daddy. That ain't for you to be fucking telling me a grown ass man that pay bills out here in these streets. I'm real. I'm real. I'm real. I ain't like these motherfucking rappers and singers that you see on TV that's faking they shit, nigga. I'm fucking real. I ain't the fucking fake shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't say that to me because I'm real. You can see me. I can give you an autograph, little motherfucker. I can give you one. <laughs> if you ask for an autograph, I can give you one. You ask for my shit, I can give you one. Yo, motherfucker. And, and, and may I remind you, all this shit is going on in the back of my head. <laughs> and I'm still respectful of people, kids, and shit like that. <laughs> but I often tell the little motherfucker off, and, I, and he caught me so off guard. I didn't even anticipate. I'm all happy and shit. I'm feeling myself. Hey, June, come on, man. We finna get it. So he put me on the blast in front of my fucking son. Like, you don't do shit like that. I'm the fucking man. I don't give a fuck what I'm wearing. If it's real, if it's fake or whatever. You don't put me on blast in front of my child because I got to answer to that shit when he get in my car and we go home. I got to answer to that shit. Like, daddy, you wearing fake chains and shit? <laughs> you don't know what the fuck your kid's saying about you. So, first of all, your parents... 
Little motherfucker, if you ever listen to this one day, if you old enough to listen to this shit, you, you, first of all, what your parents went wrong is they raised your ass on BT. What the fuck do you supposed to be knowing about chains and, and rims and shit like that at your age, motherfucker? Do you know your ABCs? Do you want to do you know your one, two, threes, your multiplication time two times two, motherfucker? Instead of knowing, wondering whether I got on a, a motherfucking nice real chain or whatever, you worried about what the fuck I'm wearing and you need to be worried about your motherfucking schoolwork. Little motherfucker, don't disrespect me like that. God damn it. But guys, <laughs> I'm still a little hurt by it. I'm pretty sure you can hear it in my voice. Because he destroyed my motherfucking pride in that moment. I, it, in a matter of two fucking seconds, he destroyed my shit. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, I told the little motherfucker that this chain was real. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't trying to put no burdens on my son back. You feel me? I told him that the chain was real, but I'm about to take it back. <laughs> I'm about to take it back to the pawn shop. <laughs> I don't know if I did it good. I don't know if I set my son up for anything good that he gonna have to deal with in school, but I had to give some of my credibility back. Cause motherfucker, I'm out here in these streets for real, real. You ain't finna be fucking dis- discrediting my credibility and shit. And my credit already fucked up. Fuck is wrong with you, young man. Go get your motherfucking grades in school, guys. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. That was a serious joke of the day. When I come back. I'm going to leave you guys the dessert topping of the day. And I know a lot of people, they be telling me, eh, uh, you give us a full food, you give us the full feast, but you don't give us no dessert. I said, you know what? Somebody was trying to be all sarcastic and shit. So I said, you know what? While you being sarcastic, it's actually a great idea. So before I close the show out, I'm going to give you guys the dessert topping of the day. And that's how I'm going to close the show out. So give me one second. And, and in the meantime, um, entertain yourselves with this poetry break. One second, guys. It shakes in my hand with a rhythmic sound. Overdoing it would be a bit too much. High rolled off with the perfect numbers looking back. All depends on just my touch. The front money I'm choosing to put up should get anyone to listen. The rush of gambling feels so right, but it's wrong, even if I win. This was a poem by yours truly, Mr. Paul Jahogany, called Roll Dice. If you want to hear it in its entirety, check it out on YouTube at Paul Jahogany on YouTube. Now back to the podcast. Hello, guys. Got some more food for you. Welcome back to the table. Let's feast. Welcome back to the Let's Feast Food for Thought podcast. Now that we got the main entree out the way, the main dish, it's time for the dessert topping of the day. Now, the dessert topping of the day is don't be a one lead character. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, allow me to break it down. A one lead character is someone that always depends on one link, one thing to get them where they got to go. Right. In today's time, I don't know if you notice that a lot of people, if they are lucky enough to find out what their God given gift is, they go off that and that is, and they expect them that that one thing to take them very, very far. And it's unfortunate to say in today's time, you have to be multi-talented at so many different things. Like, let that one thing that you may be telling that be the catalyst to get you to other places in your life, to experience other things that you may be talented at that you may not even know about. And let me give you a prime example of that. You know, when you look up, like, when you're trying to figure out something on Google and you use Siri and you use Alexa, whatever it is that you use to actually help you with your process uh, because you're having a brain fart in that moment, Notice if you ask Siri or Alexa a question that they don't have the answer to, 
what do they usually do? Do they usually leave you empty-handed? For the well, I'm not sure about all the other ones, but Siri, she doesn't. Um, Siri usually directs you to other links. They never leave you empty-handed. Now think about that for a second. If your computer automatic automated system on your telephone directs you to other links, what is that saying about yourself? If you don't direct no one else to other links, and you only have the one link to offer someone in your real life, in your real professional career, or whatever it is that you do, whatever talent that you have. Like, don't leave people empty-handed if they're interested in you. Like, that's, like, one of the uh, greatest marketing tools. Like, even if someone, like, when you go to the store and you buying some brand-new shoes or whatever like that, I, like, I got I to gotta throw the kicks in there, a little fashion, because, you know, I'm a little fashion guy. So, but if you go to the gro- uh, into the um, shoe store, uh, any store for that matter if you go to any store and a sales clerk a good sales clerk come up and help you and um you and they and you want something and they don't have it what do they usually do they offer you something else in exchange of that it's the oldest trick in the book so this is not really new it's just another way of saying it they offer you something else they don't want you to leave empty-handed they want you to buy something because you for one you came into their store so they want to actually be able to satisfy you with anything that you do when anything that you're able to buy or whatever, if you just buy a candy bar, if you just buy some shoe polish or something like they want you to leave with something in your hand. They don't want you to leave empty handed. That's a, you are the top priority. As soon as you enter the store, think about that when you're introducing your gift to someone else, like let your one. If you only know about one gift, if you're lucky enough to find it, don't let that one gift be the one gift that only uh, it's the only thing that you have to offer start practicing on your communication skills start practicing on on some of the other things you probably can perfect some of the things that actually that you enjoy if you're lucky enough to find out what your gift is let that be the catalyst once again for you to explore other things that you have to offer because in today's world especially if you're from new york and in up north up north area everyone has something multiple things that they're actually doing whether you're funny whether you're 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 a poet like myself whether you are anything that you do a gymnastic student or or you play football basketball and stuff like that a lot of people struggle with finding other things that they're good at like if you're a football basketball player you've been playing football basketball your whole life and then when it's time for you to settle down and transition to the next career you don't know where to start you don't know what else to do you you don't really feel like you're good at anything else that's cool like i have a nephew right now i have a nephew right now my nephew is doing great in sports he's an all-star athlete and my nephew, he 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 he's the man when he gets on the field. He's tunnel zone. He wants to win at all times. He's very competitive. Shout out to my um, nephew Jamarian. And but he's also an all-star. I mean, he's also good with the books. He's also the man when it comes to learning and stuff like that. He's tunnel vision. Shout out to his mother and his father. They're very hands-on with everything that they do with him. And plus, there are other kids as well, hands-on with him as well. But this guy, I only got, I only mentioned him because he's the first person to um, lead the train to uh, actually set the example for his younger siblings. You know what I mean? So he's not only an all-star athlete, he's also good with the books. He has straight A's and straight B's on his progress report most recently. So he's killing the game in all facets of his young life. I know he's only 11 years old at the moment, but he's he's killing the game right now. But that was just to give you guys a, 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 an example of, of not being a one-league character. Be a character 
that has other links attached to you even if you don't introduce those links like even if you don't tell people what those links are when you first meet them uh if those people only know you for the one talent that you have like be somebody that's willing to expound on other things that's in yourself that you may not even know that you have so try to spend more time with yourself to try to figure these things out and try to let silence be your best friend and get from around all the distractions and all the noise get from around all that stuff so you can hear yourself think and that'll be something that i talk about um a, a little bit more next week in the uh, in the next episode episode number four on the podcast whatever but get get around silence so you can hear yourself think talk out loud and allow these thoughts to fester inside of your mind and stuff like that so you can actually sit at the dinner table and actually have a clear conscience to eat when it comes to introducing anything that you have to offer okay guys that was the dessert topping of the gay of the day of the dessert topping of the day thank you guys so much once again for coming back to the table with me to feast with me on episode number three at the last feast food for thought podcast i appreciate you guys once again don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend i thank you guys for all your support and everything that you guys send me and um it, it really really i'm really really floored by all the support i didn't really expect all the support at this moment i thought i had to I had a podcast up and running for uh months and months on end but you guys all your support all the people that i have right now no matter how small the number is i appreciate you because you guys are starting to speak and this is just confirmation that i made the right decision so guys so guys one last thing before i get up out of here y'all know what it is if you're used to the podcast y'all know how i close it out if you ever hear your stomach growl because you're hungry and you're looking for somewhere to put some food in your stomach make a pit stop here at the less feast food for thought podcast because i got some more food for you and that includes leftovers don't forget to leave a tip bon appetit all right guys thank you so much for coming back to the table with me once again i'll see you guys next week for episode number four you guys have a great day all across the world love you guys <laughs>